Hey, everybody, we are here to tell you about a cool new feature on the website that we would love for you to check out. Head to howtosplitatoaster.com and check out the bottom of the page. You'll find a box floating there that says, quote, ask Seth and Pete, close quote. This box is magical. You just type a question in there and the robots behind the scenes will search the actual audio of our entire library of past episodes and not only give you a short answer to your question, but point you to the specific episodes where we discussed your topic so you can listen yourself. At this point, we're just testing it. To know if this feature should be a permanent feature on the website, we need your help. For that, we need you to ask a lot of questions. So head to howtosplitatoaster.com and click the box, Ask Seth and Pete. The robots will do the rest. On with the show. Hey, everybody, it's Pete Wright. Welcome to a very toaster summer. We are off for a couple of weeks. uh, So we've got a little bit of rebroadcast stuff coming your way. Some really fun episodes from the past that we are resurfacing with some important uh, concepts, particularly as we go into these summer months. Uh, And then we have another interesting, you know, we've told you in the past, Seth is actually getting married again. And so he's taking some time off. And so we have brought in a rotation of his colleagues at NLG Divorce and Family Law. We're so excited to get some of these voices uh, back on the show, in some cases on the show for the first time uh, in many cases. And so we're going to rotate through new interviews with some new people uh, talking about their particular areas of expertise. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to showcase these voices and, and introduce them to you uh, before we get back into our regular rotation with Seth the newlywed, weird on a divorce podcast, right? Uh, but uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, uh, thanks for listening to the show and downloading. And here's the show. Have a great summer. Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, we're taking on the cherished outcome of divorce, two Christmases for the kids. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Seth Nelson, and looking forward to talking to you today, Pete, about holidays. They're upon us. They are. Uh, we are. We're cresting the wave of all sorts of wonderful holidays, which means, I guess, uh, overeating uh, and um, shame buying. Is that <laughs> shame buying? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it works? <laughs> what does that mean? Do you know, like, OK, all I remember as a youth and were my kids, my kids when I was young and had kids uh, were my friends whose parents were divorced. They got a lot of stuff. They would go and they would go to Christmas and then they would come and go to the their mom's house and go to Christmas and they would come back and they would they would have a lot of stuff. And they knew as well as everybody that their parents were compensating for divorce at the holidays. Got you. The old double up on the gifts. Yeah. Yeah. So my son was very young when I got divorced and he was in kindergarten. And I'm talking to him on the phone and he's at mommy's house and it's Hanukkah. And he says to me, so dad, I'm not going to see you or be with you until the fifth night of Hanukkah. And then he paused. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
think this is that, what you're talking about. <laughs> that kid is going to grow up and like be a movie star, industrialist, uh, bank robber. I have no idea. I think he'll like the bank <laughs> robber like, part. He is like a character from Ocean's Eleven. Come on. <laughs> then he says, so I get, do I get five gifts? Start, uh, no. I said, I love the math. Great math. <laughs> But no, you will get one gift to celebrate the fifth day. Hanukkah is not a 16-day holiday for divorce, <laughs> ch children of divorce. It's still an eight-day holiday. But yes, how do you split a toaster? How do you split holidays? Yeah, I this this gets very confusing because, I mean, here we are talking about it from sort of the kids' perspective and expectations. But, you know, uh, just managing the nuance of uh ceremony and tradition um you know for people whose whose holidays may mean a whole lot to both of them how do you share that right gets back to what we started with how do you split the unsplittable exactly and there's actually different ways to do this and i remember um in a previous podcast we talked about hey what's a good day to transition kids from one house to the other and that freaked you out yeah no i was so wrong so this is really going to be tough on you today <sighs> so okay i'm going to just quiz you quickly and then you'll fail the quiz and then i'll give you the answers you can't you're leading the witness <laughs> yes here we go <laughs> <laughs> okay you and your legalese here um can't wait what's the best way to do uh to divide up Christmas, Pete, how would you do that? And remember, I'll give you a hint. Give me the circumstances. It falls over winter break. Yep. Another hint. There's also New Year's Eve and New Year's Day over winter break. Mm -hmm. There's Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I'm assuming we're celebrating Christmas and not Hanukkah. Okay. So you got winter break. You got. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. We will. But we got winter right. break. We got Christmas Eve. We got Christmas Day. We have New Year's Eve. We have New Year's Day. How are you going to do it? All right. For those who celebrate Christmas, I'm going to wager that the best way to do this for parents for whom Christmas is important for both, split it mid-morning Christmas day. So one, one parent gets Christmas Eve, and they can have a Christmas Eve dinner. They can open presents on Christmas Eve, which is a, a perfectly rational Christmas tradition. Fight me. And then they turn around the next morning and can this is I'm also assuming that they're living in the same place. Correct. Okay. Okay, same city, not house, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the next morning they turn around and they wake up in the morning and they maybe have some cocoa with plenty of marshmallows and then they get in the car and they drive over to the parents' house and drop the kid off and have the another Christmas. The kid gets a Christmas. What time are you dropping the kid off? Uh man. You're such an attorney about this stuff. Okay, how about 10? Okay, I actually wrote 10 down on my paper because I knew we kept saying morning. That's what I exactly <laughs> had written. Morning. 11 right. is brunch. Okay. Nobody, that's right. uncivilized. Nobody Okay, does that. so you're wrong. Um, <laughs> and here's why. There's actually no right or wrong. It's what works best for each and every family. But here's what I would point out to you. Okay. If you're my client, it makes absolute sense one year. Some, and I'm assuming you switch the next year, right? Let's assume that, that of course, that's what I was thinking. Of, of course, course of course. So you get Christmas Eve in even number years. Your former spouse gets Christmas Eve in odd number years. 
and then the next day you want to switch switches. at 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how old are your children? Well, I mean, 14 and 18. What time do they wake up at 14 years old? Eight. Oh, you're going to get them up early on Christmas Yeah. at like 10 o'clock? Is that really a good time? Or let's say that you don't open gifts on Christmas Eve. You, you open one, but in the morning you open them all. So now you have a seven-year-old who you get up, who gets up early, so excited, opens all their gifts. They don't get to play with them. Ten o'clock, boom, got to go to the other parent's house. All right. So I just suggest pushing that back a little bit. Like pushing back to like noon, one afternoon, noon, one, two, something like that. Okay. And so the other parent gets the afternoon present session. Right. But the next year they'll get Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. I tie those together. Okay. Okay. So I'm all right. All right. You weren't too far off. I'll give you a solid B minus, you know. I don't accept minuses. I'm going to need a way to improve that by the end of this episode. So the one thing you did, which a lot of parents do, they divide Christmas Day. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Understand, though, you can no longer travel on Christmas. So if you have a history of going to your in-laws, and that's important to your former spouse mm -hmm. to travel to the great white north from Florida for Christmas and see snow, hopefully, that is now not happening. Okay. Notwithstanding the fact that now that is not happening. That's right, because of COVID, right. of course. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Fair point. But think about your travel plans. And we'll get to this when we mm -hmm. talk about how to work with your lawyer on these questions, okay? But one way that you've defined very quickly is you can divide the day in half. Okay, yeah. Right, and that's what I wanted to do. That's what you've done, the holiday in half. There are some holidays, and there's, here are the different options. You divide them in half the day, like you did. One parent gets the holiday every single year, and the other parent never gets that holiday. Mother's Day. Okay. Father's Day. Yeah, makes total sense. That's easy. Okay. What about a holiday? Like, there, uh, there are, I, uh, we've got, uh, friends in our community for whom Halloween and their kids is extraordinarily important. They love the the festivities. They love the pumpkin carving. They love all of that stuff. And that's a holiday that happens just the once. And we're talking about like if you're going trick or treating. I don't know what that's even going to look like this year, but let's just say it's a non COVID year. You're going trick or treating. Like how do you split that? I would recommend. You split that every other year. One parent gets it in an even number year. The other parent gets it in the odd number year. And on that holiday, I always recommend that the pickup is from either after school or a specific time. Call it 5 o'clock because if it's mm -hmm. a weekend, because it could be a Tuesday, right? It's right. the 31st. Right. Until the following morning. Okay. You do not get to sugar up your kid. And then and hand drop them, them back off, right? Yeah, no, that's that's terrible. So let's have them just take them to the next morning. Okay, okay. So every other year is one way to do it. Divide the actual day in half. Mm -hmm. One parent gets it every single year. You just ignore the holiday. Wherever it falls on your schedule, it falls on your schedule. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's sort of laissez-faire approach. Yeah. Whoever gets it, gets it. Veterans Day. Big to some veterans. Yeah. Not big to other people who aren't veteran, as in quality time. Okay. Yeah. Now, there are things also 
holidays, I should say, there are holidays that are not really a holiday, like in a religious sense. They are school breaks, spring break, winter break, summer break. Up north, some people have fall break. Mm -hmm. So spring break, you can do it every year. One parent gets the whole time. Next year, other parent. You can divide it in half. You can leave the regular schedule. Yeah, somehow. I mean, I that feels so much more like the complications of travel or like you now you've soiled me because all I can think about is what about traveling? Right. So here's the thing about that. I like to, especially in COVID, to find plans where I have the ability to travel. I just like the sense of knowing if I want to go somewhere, I can go. I don't have to get permission from my former spouse or have her trade a day or give up time or any of that. I want to go. I'm going to go. To get that, that means I can only do that every other year. Okay. Okay. So think about Thanksgiving. A lot of people travel on Thanksgiving. Right. So sometimes what I do on Thanksgiving is recommend is you can define when the holiday starts. If the kids are off all week, you don't have to go from the Friday before Thanksgiving till the Monday morning after. Mm -hmm. You can say, we're going to define Thanksgiving starting Tuesday, right before Thanksgiving at six o'clock. Because if you're going to travel, you get the child on Tuesday night, you pack everything, you get up early and fly with the rest of the world when we're not in COVID on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So think about how you live your life and what you like to do. Some people are like, we never travel on Thanksgiving, don't like the hassle. Okay, maybe you'll split that day. Okay. But talk about how that might work. The other thing to think about is step-siblings. And what happens if you are splitting up siblings? Usually, kids like to stay together. I sometimes recommend that you build in time to a plan where you can actually have one-on-one -on -one time with each kid. Yeah. Think about that. Like, sometimes when you're married, you get one-on-one -on -one time. You take one kid one way. Right. Other parent takes happens kind of naturally. Or sometimes you yeah. can say, hey, yeah. we want a daddy and a daddy day or whatever, or daughter and daddy day or when you're divorced and you have the kids all the time, always together, then that's something you might want to build into a plan or at least talk to your former or soon to be former spouse about. Can we can we do something to have some one on one time? Well, and I can imagine that's that's something that might get lost in that whole sort of post divorce relationship that because the focus is so much on scheduling that you lose the fact that your the identity of your individual relationships with each kid m might suffer. And, you know, maybe you just need to take one of those kids to a movie sometime and, that, and dinner and just figure out who they are. That's right. And yeah. we're so tied into and the lawyers are the worst. Let's look at a schedule. The, yeah. You know, right. the judges, what's the schedule? Like, like, that's what we do. But you lose track of what do you do on this holiday? Right. What does the child want to do? Well, that's the question. Like I told you, I've got an 18 and a 14. My 18 year old, she's she's fine, right? She's an adult. Like she's I, I, to me, that seems natural that she's going to choose whatever, where, whichever house she wants to go visit. But at at what point do do the kids start having some agency in this discussion and say, you know what, I want to go to dad's for Christmas. I don't want to be picked up at one. Here's the non-legal answer. When they're old enough and they start expressing their opinion. Okay. Right. When yeah. they're 14 and they're like, I don't want to go to dad's 
because sure. it's across the state. My friends are having a party that night. And, and if, if you're those parents and you're not communicating that to the other parent, like, look, she doesn't want to go, not because she doesn't want to spend time with you and love you. It's because her friends are having a party. Yeah. Right. right? So, and it's hard as a parent when you're like, oh my God, I want to spend Christmas with my kid. Is that a line you want to draw with a 14 year old? And let's say the parents are in total lockstep on this, even though they're not together. Yeah. I I'm not pinning this one parent versus the other, but you got to talk to your kid and figure out, okay, listen, it's really important that we spend time together. I really love it. I get your friends are having a party. Can we then at least maybe schedule a different time, the two of us? Mm -hmm. Like start treating them a little more like adults and giving them choices, right? Yeah. That they don't yeah. get when they're five. You're coming, get in the car. Right. And at some point, even the holidays, like, well, I don't know, I for Christmas, I can totally see rescheduling Christmas for, for that sort of nuance. Like you I'm, can. I have yeah. other people, no way. Christmas <laughs> is the big deal. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong. Yeah. I don't care about Christmas. Right. I do not care. I'm Jewish. Yeah. I'm going to eat Chinese food and see a movie. And I'll be like, hey, Harvey, I haven't seen you since last Christmas. That's yeah, what right. I knew. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's important. Now, there other here's the other thing to think about. Traveling, you're on, you're off, splitting in half. One parent gets all time. But be careful. There are holidays that overlap, and you want to make sure that we account for that. Mm -hmm. Easter and spring break can sometimes overlap. Sure. So if you're getting all of Easter or Easter that year and you're getting all of spring break, make sure it lines up. You don't want to have Easter for dad, spring break for mom, and have them overlap. And now what do we do? Okay. Gets very confusing. Uh, summer. How do you do summer? Some people just keep the regular schedule and they say, okay, we each get to take one or two weeks consecutive or not and come up with a plan on when mm -hmm. you get to go. But Father's Day is in June yeah. and that's going to be part of the summer. So you want to exclude Father's Day from mom being able to say that's part of my two weeks. Okay. So constraints. Yeah. Okay. Here's the big one. Birthdays. Well, see, now in my when I growing up, I my memory is that the kids like I, I didn't have any former spouses as friends, parents who had a divorce that was so contentious, they didn't just do the birthdays together. So it was always you'd always have, oh, yeah, my mom and dad are both here right now. We're celebrating my birthday. One of them's going to leave. The one that doesn't live here is going to leave at the end of the day. Right. Right. Not always easy to do. Yeah. Right. For the parents. So, yeah. My suggestion on birthdays, first off, the parents' birthdays, some parents are like, I want to have my kid for my birthday. First off, I think that's the worst gift. Like, take the day off, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a, it's like, a parental buy day. Come on. <laughs> right. Take the day off. But some people want it, so you build it in. But yeah, I, right. I, for the child's birthday, this is just a recommendation. If the child wakes up at one parent's house on the regular schedule, and is going to go to sleep at the other parent's house. It's a transition day. Yeah. You just leave it. Feed yeah. your kid cake and ice cream in the morning. They get off school. They more go to the cake other and ice cream at night. More yeah. cake. Kid loves it, right? Yeah. If it's a weekend and it's a non-transition day, let's say, whoever's not typically scheduled to have the child gets them for a few hours. Yeah, right. The afternoon, evening, kind of it's easy. That way, the, and I think birthdays are important because the child, I think, does want 
that attention on yeah. their birthday. Yeah. Um, we can talk to the psychologist when they're on the show later and ask them what, what they think. But um, so that's one. What happens when a birthday falls on a holiday? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, born on Christmas Eve. What a hot mess. Yep. Got to take that into consideration. All right. I'm sorry. We've got to change the birthday. Right. Exactly. Or change Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so these are the type of things to think about. Mm -hmm. The other thing to think about. Are there any holidays? I call them non-Hallmark holidays. Okay. Arbor Day? <laughs> where are you going Goodness. with this <laughs> this is where i'm going do you have any family traditions pete that are really special to you that fall on a certain day or a series of days throughout the year that you kind of do something fun with your kid well now i feel like a terrible parent because i'm in full-on paper lock <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you a chance to think about it. let me let me explain what i mean yeah i don't know what you mean now i will tell you i as you know i am divorced I am a divorce lawyer. I mediate divorces, and we'll talk about mediations later. You would think I know where my parenting plan is and what it says. I do not. Can't even find it. No, it's a cobbler's but, kid situation. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. But I do know there's this one provision in there that I am entitled once a year in the springtime to take my child out of school for hooky day. Okay. All right. In hooky day in my family, which has been a tradition for many years, decades, we all take off school and work and go to a spring training baseball game. Oh, that's lovely. That was really important to me. And so in the parenting plan, I want to make sure that that wasn't going to be an issue. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was like, yeah, of course. Like, you don't even have to have it in the plan. Right. Yeah. Like, of right. course, Just I'm going to do it. Now that you have the concept, do you well, ever I can do tell you, like we, I, I absolutely do, and and this started when I was a kid. My dad, every time there, it was very important days, and there were there were several of them throughout the year. Usually, anytime a new uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, or James Bond movie was released, I got a sick day, uh, and we went to the first show. And so, you know, my kids don't care as much about those three particular franchises, but we do have. Uh, days that are so important that somebody might deliver a cough. Yes. A non-temperature related right. uh, wee cough that might include some time That will off. probably get helped with yeah. the symptoms well, by eating popcorn yeah. in a, you know, it's a strict dark environment. It's what I call a concessionary environment. <laughs> it's a strict concessionary environment so there will be a time when we're we go back to that right now we're not quite there but uh, right but yeah no so i totally get what you mean so hooky day we'll call that a holiday can i ask you can i ask you a question that's unrelated to the kids this might sure. be a very very easy answer uh, but i'm sitting here we're thinking about holidays how do you handle holidays how do you handle tradition are there any circumstances where you know a, a, a couple uh, gets divorced and they still have to somehow navigate holidays together that is somehow you know structurally challenging and they don't have kids or they just i mean they, they, there isn't i'm really not anything. aware of any court that would require you to spend holidays with your former spouse no i i well i just mean is there a circumstance like some some circle bring them together that i'm missing every time i think of something you think of some way to see around that corner so i'm just well wondering. you you're a movie buff so you're thinking of when the guy drops the kids off on Christmas and it's the end of the show and they reunite and they live happily ever after. 
Well, I is that what you're thinking? Well, I just mean like there are no kids involved. Like they really just never had kids. What's going to bring what is going to bring them back together? Navigating holidays. Gotcha. So we're talking now switching gears on how do we deal with a holiday if you have no children and you're splitting up? Yeah, you just don't. You just don't hang out together. This is what I'm hearing. There's right. another well, reason. It goes back to it my, goes back to our yeah. episode of being alone. Yeah. Don't so here's something. Don't call your spouse. How about that? Back to the texting. If you're lonely, if you're lonely, don't call your spouse. It goes back to being alone. And I don't want to say there are positives in divorce. Some people do say that there are silver linings, let's call them. You don't ever have to go over to your in-laws again. Yeah. Done. You get to do what you want to do on that holiday. But holidays are tough, especially the first ones. The first yeah. holidays when you don't have the kids or you're, or you're going through the divorce or you've split up, you know, reach out to your friends and your family and make plans and, and take care of yourself because they are hard. I mean, I yeah. can talk about, but notice how you talk about them a little differently than I do. You're like, oh, but what about the kids and this and that? And I do, I'm very kid focused. But I immediately get into the mechanics of it. Yeah. And the reason I get into the mechanics is if you don't have it clear on when the pick up and drop off and who's picking up and who's dropping off and where and what time, that holiday is now ripe for conflict. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to have conflict on Christmas. Yeah. So, for example, if it's my day to pick up at two o'clock on Christmas or to get the children at two in the plan, it might say the exchange will take place at mother's house. Whoever is beginning their time sharing will do the traveling, the driving. Okay. Because then it's not like you're dropping them off and dad's not ready or yeah. dad's not home. Like when you're ready to get the kids, come over, pick them up. It's at two o'clock. I'll have them yeah. ready to go. Right. Okay. Right. Let's define a term. This week's word is deposition. A witness's out-of-court testimony that is reduced to writing for later use in court or for discovery purposes. Deposition. Well, what does that mean? This is actually fairly easy for everyone because you see it in TV shows all the time. This is where a lawyer will sit down across the table from a witness. It could be a party, could be a witness, some, the, the mother, the father, the husband, the wife. Anybody else that you see in the movies, like that saw the car accident, the witness was the light red or green. So it's just a person, a witness, that will be asked questions under oath. A court reporter stenographer will take down every question and every answer and that is deemed recorded and then the lawyer may or may not use that deposition testimony that transcript later in court so if a witness says one thing in a deposition and then says the exact opposite at trial the lawyer might use that to show that either they're lying at the deposition or they're lying now or to impeach them or to just show their character's not true, whatever it may be. The lawyer might use it just to gather information about the case. Maybe they never call that witness that they took the deposition of at trial, 
but they find out some other information or some other people that they then go take their deposition and use those other people at trial. But for your purposes, a deposition is simply being asked questions under oath by a lawyer that may or may not be used later at trial. Deposition. All right, Seth, we're talking about now uh, a pivoting here, working with your lawyer on the holidays. So hopefully your your communication, you're you're exercising all your communication muscles and you are being you're able to communicate and and build a safe and sane schedule for your whole family as you navigate the uncertain waters of divorce. But now you bring the lawyer into it. Always blame the lawyer. Always blame. <laughs> Hey, BL. Uh, so what are the what are the, the sort of uh, conditions? What are you looking for as a lawyer in terms of, of helping a, a couple become a former couple around the holidays? Well, regarding the holidays, I recommend you simply go through the exercise on your own before you talk to your lawyer about what we just did at the front end of the podcast, mm -hmm. so to speak. List out the holidays that are important to you. Make a list. You know me and list. Make a list. Mm -hmm. What holidays are important to you? Which ones are important to your uh, spouse that you believe are? How do you typically spend those holidays? What would you like to do now that you have a framework on different ways to divide it? Do you want even years or odd years? Is there something special that's happened? If you've been separated for a while, you might have just managed this on your own without the lawyers who had the holiday last year. Is that mm -hmm. one you're going to do every other year? So make a list of the holidays that are important. Think about how you would like to spend them and then think about how to make those divisions. And here's the key. Would you accept that plan, that holiday plan? If it was reversed. Oh, interesting. Why, why, is, why does that become a question? Because if you write down that you get every single holiday, would you accept that, that your spouse that gets your spouse every, gets single, every holiday? single holiday? Of course not. No. Right. So this one, I'm not saying there are holidays that you might get every year that might, you might want to argue about, but it's kind of what's good for the goose is good for the gander when it comes yeah. to holidays, in my mind. Well, and, and that gets to the to the big question, I think, for the for working with your lawyer is what happens when you can't figure out a plan? Like, at what point does the lawyer slash mediator step in to help? At what point does the court take a role in determining the schedule? And the lawyer will step in right away talking to you about, hey, yeah. this is how courts in this jurisdiction typically handle holidays. OK, that's one. Mm -hmm. If you're at mediation, which is a third party that you go to that's neutral, they'll talk about, hey, there's different ways to do holidays, everything we just talked about, mm -hmm. okay? Maybe you swap Thanksgiving for Christmas, or you get Thanksgiving this year, she gets Christmas this year, and then next year it switches. Sure. The judge will step in, the court, when you can't agree, and the judge has to make the decision, and you're going to go to trial over holidays. So let me explain how this works. Please. I thought... I was a brilliant lawyer in court. The other party in trial was saying they wanted Columbus Day. We didn't even talk about Columbus Day. I know. And I asked the question, what month is Columbus Day celebrated? <laughs> Do you I, know? Uh, February? I don't know. <laughs> 
And they tell you in law school. We're not supposed to think about Columbus Day anymore. It's Indigenous Peoples Day. And I still haven't gotten used to that. But exactly fine. But in trial, they teach you in law school, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. I didn't need to know the answer. And when I actually talked, told my mom about my great day at trial about this, she goes, you don't know what month. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Either did he. Because <laughs> the worst part is, what if he comes back? Because Columbus Day is October 12th. Right. I was, Did you just, you I looked was, it up? I totally just looked it up because I was exactly the opposite <laughs> end of the calendar. Uh, really, really. No, I whiffed that one I completely. I thought I was brilliant because he said, I don't know. Have you ever celebrated Columbus Day? No. Have you ever done anything special on Columbus Day? No. I walk out of there. I'm like, he's never getting Columbus Day. Every other year he got Columbus Day. Why? Why? Well, A, why did he want He just was messing? It, no, it's just, I, and I get it. Yeah. If you're off work or it's a holiday and you yeah. might be off work and you want to spend time with your kids. Totally I get it. Rational reason. Yeah. My view is the less holidays, the better, because it all work comes out in the wash at the end and it's less changing in the schedule, which means there's less potential for conflict. So right. I just say pick the holidays that you're interested in. But that's why when you go to court, you'll never know what will happen. Your lawyer will say, this is how holidays typically work in our jurisdiction yeah the judges usually split them they do x they do y this is how they typically handle mother's day and father's day they'll give you this param these parameters it doesn't mean that's actually going to happen okay because anybody listening to that would have thought oh he's not getting columbus day didn't know the month never celebrated it what's the big deal no yeah, yeah. he got it yeah well, and for a fine reason, right? That's just like I get, I get it. It is a fine reason, right. you know. Right. Spend time. I, I'm not time. saying he shouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. I was doing my job. We were trying yeah. to limit the number of holidays because we didn't want all the back and forth, and we had good reasons to limit holidays. But that's the way it went down. Okay. All right. Uh, at what point, when you when you think about the complexities of again navigating the legal system, do you start having to think about um, when one spouse says, "Hey, I'm." I'm leaving the state, right? I'm moving. We're moving across the country. Uh, you know, do, is that is it just that we're applying the same concept? You, if you if you can't figure it out yourself, we're going to inject ourselves into this, and just the breaks get a little longer. You got it. Oh, judges are easy. there. That was easy. Judges yeah. are there to decide disputes. If there's no dispute in a family law case, there's very little for the judge to do. They have yeah. to make sure in Florida that they have the power to hear the case jurisdiction. They might have to have reviewed the agreement and make sure that it, it complies with Florida law. It, there's some other things um, that they'll have to do procedurally. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about that stuff later. It's very simple, though. It's very simple. Judges are there to solve disputes. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to argue over Christmas, they're going to make that decision. That seems easy. Anything else we need to cover on this one? Did we did we answer all the questions? Did we solve all the problems? Pete, as my grandfather used to say, Seth, you think you know all the answers, but you don't even know the questions. Bam! We're, it's to the heart and twist. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention and your diligent notes that I know you're taking on every word Seth says. It's, it's just there's little gems. On behalf of Seth Nelson, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Mm -hmm.
Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, how to split a toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida. Seth, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, about 10% of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder. It's just tragic. Pete, we hear this statistic all the time. At the end of the day, the courts don't care about the statistic. The courts care about keeping kids safe. And when I mean safe, I mean safe from a party who truly suffers from an alcohol disorder or is being wrongly accused of having alcoholism or some other alcohol disorder. It's easy and it saves you money. Instead of he said, she said, there's Soberlink. Soberlink is fantastic and they are a fantastic partner to this show. So what is Soberlink? Soberlink is a device. It's like a breathalyzer, but it is more. You blow into Soberlink whenever you want to prove in real time that you are safe to be with your kids at carpool, at drop-off, at handoff. Whenever you're going to be driving, you blow into Soberlink. It uses facial recognition to prove that you are the one blowing at the time that you are taking the reading. It sends it off to the people who need to know. People involved directly in your case, not to be used for publication, not to be used for social media. This just goes to the people who matter most for your case as you are collecting data. Soberlink Remote Alcohol Monitoring has helped over 500,000 people prove their sobriety and provide peace of mind during parenting time. And Seth, word on the street is courts love it. Yeah, and it's not just when you're getting in a car. Let's be clear. People can say, never gotten a DUI. What's the issue? Well, the issue is once you're home at five o'clock and you're no longer driving, but you're going to start cooking and having a glass of wine and that glass of wine turns into two bottles, that's now an issue. So it's not just getting in the car. It's when you, the children are in your care, custody and control, are you focused on them and not using alcohol? Independent, third party, real time verification to support your case. I haven't been drinking. Here's the proof. Those are the words that lawyers and courts love, but here are the words you're going to love. You can save 50 bucks off your device and get started right away at Soberlink.com slash toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. Thank you to Soberlink for sponsoring this show. 